Okay, so I started recording. If everyone just kind of wants to say something really quick, make sure everybody's recording. Bing, bing, bing. Cool. Oh, you're recording now? Yeah, I see it. Do you believe in life after love? Yeah. <laughs> you be careful. I'm going to add <laughs> that to the beginning of the podcast. Oh, I mean, you can't do it because copyright, but I mean. It's time! It's time! Welcome everyone into the Hyper Time, the Hyper Time to Podcast. I'm your host Josh Miller bringing you the bookend of our Dwayne McDuffie and Milestone episodes. And so as we get into all the content that we could not talk about during this month, um, we're going to do that today. And to do that, I'm going to have some help with my co-host, Alan Muir. Alan, how are you again? I'm doing great. And we have our guest today that we had mentioned in previous episodes. But Alan, do you want to introduce him today? Yes, I've known this man 10 years. We have done many podcasts together we've he has written for he read he wrote for the first iteration of egu i think maybe one 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 thing he wrote he's my best (laughs) friend javon mcneil hello hello how's it going josh uh alan thank you for that lovely introduction uh it's good to be back uh hanging out with you guys on a podcast like alan said we've known each other for 10 plus years now Love him to death. Um, written a few things on different sites with Alan for Alan. Busy schedule, adulting, all that stuff has kind of stopped that. But uh, yeah, man, I I love podcasts. I love hanging out with you guys. It's always a pretty much a fun time. So it's really nice to for you guys to invite me to be a part of this Black History Month uh, podcast, especially dealing with Dwayne McDuffie. I'm ready to go. And sorry about the last time. So second take, we got this. <laughs> second take, let's do this this time. Already going smoother than I did. But I, yeah, I didn't want to just like pass over everything we did in our previous take because it. I feel like it is very important, and I don't want to kind of diminish everything that you had discussed. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just bring it all up again. Um, if I can't even remember while I asked. And so, yeah, I guess, kind of, can you go into what it's like being a black man, a black nerd who is trying to find representation in media that is not always there? Kind of, what is it like to both see it finally happen, and then what is it like to, when you see it, not, to not be represented? Yeah, uh, uh, pretty much, you know, like I said earlier, um, it's from where, you know, growing up and being like a black nerd and just being in the comics and the anime and sci-fi and whatever, whatnot that ha- you have you. It's kind of been a long journey, even though I'm, I'm not that old. I'm sorry, my dog's going off. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, let me. <laughs> so sorry, guys. But um, That's good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Even you know, not being you know, I'm still kind of young-ish. You know, in my th- early thirties, and I grew up with a lot of different media. Do you want me to like stop, pause it for my dog, so you can stop? Or... I'm I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh... doesn't like dogs. <laughs> it's it's been a journey because you don't. You know, back in the day in the 90s and stuff like that, you really didn't see many characters who looked like you on television or or any of sort of the media unless they were kind of like cannon fodder, cannon fodder or like a background character or the stereotypical, you know, black guy or, or a black person in, in these movies type of thing. So it was kind of hard to be able to look up to a character and be like, hey, that's me or I see myself in them because it, there weren't many. So from where, you know, growing up to where we are now, it's not good, but it's gotten a lot better. And there's been a lot more influential characters on screen where I have felt like a a total connection to in, you know, some way or shape or form. And not just me, but for, you know, my nieces and my nephews to be like, that person looks like me or I want to be that character. Perfect example is um, I have, you know, my twins kid, uh, my nephew, he, you know, black and Hispanic. So he loves Spider-Man and he's, you know, he loves Miles Morales. And he's like, that's me. That's me. And it just, you know, even thinking about it, it just warms my heart and it just makes me want to cry because it's just like, finally, this kid is going to be a nerd just like his uncle he sees a character that he can identify with at such an early age. Whereas when I was growing up, it was like, you know, finding a needle in the haystack. The characters were there, but they weren't. They weren't as mainstream as, you know, there are many white characters. And it's just even with anime, you know, there's a lot of, they aren't white, but they're white passing, but they're Japanese. But you know, yeah. wanting to, wanting to cosplay, you know, wanting to cosplay these characters, and you do it, and you you have you know black cosplayers getting railroaded by white cosplayers and other other cultures. Like, oh, you're the black version of that. Like, no, I am this character. Oh, but that character isn't black, and it's just like, oh wow, okay, but that character's not white. They're Japanese. So what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> you, you you know, it's like things like that, and. Just even with video games, you really don't get a main lead that's a black character. So when you finally get that and they aren't in a stereotypical role, it's a great feeling. And it just, I I definitely, like I said, we've come a long way, but we aren't at that threshold yet where I'm comfortable with to say, like, we have it all there. But it's, it's a good first start. Yeah, I mean, as a white person, I look at it and I'm like, no, we're not all there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, you know, something that happened recently was the casting of Supergirl. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name. Sasha Cal, Cali. Um, uh, you know, she's Latino and they're yeah. going to have a Latino Supergirl. And just as you would suspect, there's a big outcry about having a Latino play it. <laughs> play Supergirl. Um, so I guess, you know, because this happens a lot with black characters too. God forbid a black character take a white, you know, a black person take a white character role or whatever. You know, yeah. I remember that happening with 
you know, Perry White with Man of Steel or whatever. Yeah. When you, when you see, yeah. So when you see stuff like that, like, what is your reaction to see a black person take a white character role? Because I know from my perspective, I don't really care as long as the like the character is still right. I don't care what they look like. I don't care who's cast as them. I just want the character to be portrayed correctly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, from your perspective, do you see a problem when stuff like that happens? And what is your like response to criticisms of things like that happening? See that that that's kind of a tough one. And like, first of all, let me go to the whole Supergirl issue, which is weird and what just kind of blows my mind, especially when people say that Superman isn't human. He's humanoid, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> He's not from Earth, so technically, Superman could be any color or creed. He his background isn't rooted as Superman is he was born white you know he's a white American he's a white guy from Earth he's like no he's when you say Superman the first thing that comes out of your mouth is Kryptonian you don't mm-hmm. say white you don't say any color crate so it's for Supergirl could you know there's black Kryptonians there's Hispanic you know different color Kryptonians and, and that's what I loved about the um uh Alan uh you know at the uh, the Superman or uh, the Krypton series on sci-fi channel uh, that's like the precursor to Superman. I loved it because you saw a planet full of aliens who were all shapes and colors. <laughs> it was like, he's not white. And so with Supergirl, I'm like, yeah, she's an alien. So she could be whatever color or whatever, you know, whatever race of a person can play her. Yes, she was predominantly shown as white, but her background genealogy race is not white. It's Kryptonian. So that goes into with the whole Perry White thing when you see a black character, like uh, a black actor playing a character who was predominantly white. Uh, if their like background wasn't like stated, like he's a white, he was born white, yada yada yada. I'm like, okay, I don't see any difference, or or I don't see any issue with it. But then you go into the territory of if there's a black character in the comics, and then they turn to white, which is a lot of racist people's issue they're like oh so what if we made black panther white or, or like when or things like that and like in africa so he's a white or they're just like oh captain america can't be white or black or any other color i'm like well, captain america is just a symbol so anyone can now a black person can't be steve rogers because they said steve you know unless it's an elseworld child or something like that mm-hmm. so that's where it, you know you know, the lines get kind of blurry and you can't be like, well, I'll say it's okay for this because they're like, well, then it should be okay for that. So it doesn't bother me as much. Like, like I have the same kind of reaction that you do because I'm like a lot of white guys on screen anyway. But as long as the, the actor who's and they still get who white is because there is really like, you know, you've seen him in comics as a white guy, but Perry White could have been a black person. He could have been a Hispanic person he could have been anyone because you barely see Perry. there's no definitive perry white this so i mean lawrence fishburne did a great job mm-hmm. so i'm just kind of like okay <laughs> but i, I know uh, this is <laughs> yeah. i just, <laughs> I just shared a uh picture in the chat of pre- one of the multiverse superman like the president superman to be specific. oh yeah i know exactly which one you're talking about who, which, who Grant Morrison created during his Action Comics run? Yeah, and 
I mean, obviously there wasn't, there wasn't, uh, I'm not sure if there was an outcry for this because this was like around near the end of, end of Obama's first term, beginning of his second term. Yeah. And they also used him in Flashpoint, right? If I make her, when all the Superman and stuff came together and did all. Uh, it was, it was one of the, the, the big comic runs there. I know they used him. They've been using him recently, or they used him recently with the uh, death metal. Oh, nice! And then uh, the that the six issue miniseries of uh, Flash Forward that Redacted wrote. Just trying not to say a certain person's name who has been canceled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally get you. <laughs> totally. And but yeah, like. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie himself said when bringing up like exactly what Javon was mentioning was talking about. He said, he said, no one's losing a paycheck here. Like no one's losing a job. And, and it was, just... uh, go, go on. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just a simple way to say, yeah, what you, what you guys are arguing about doesn't really matter. Yeah, like, fictional uh... characters. Like, <laughs> Cares. Exactly. <laughs> it's you know, like I, like uh, I'm trying not to get off topic, but like I can, you know, there are f- fictional characters, and they do like a lot of these characters hold a lot of weight to to a lot of, people. but it's just kind of like <clears throat> in the sense of times are changing. You have so many white, like <laughs> what's wrong with having you know a black one or, or you know just like when people got mad when they're like oh iris west was white but now she's black oh i'm like is, is that hurting <laughs> how's that hurting you <laughs> it's not changing anything you know you're still gonna have characters that were there it's just she's this is so wrong and then it's just like all right well there's multiverses so there's still the other character of XXX or whoever it is that might have just gotten changed so why are you can what's what's wrong uh yeah. Javon is is he'll he'll understand where I'm coming from but uh for one of the people who used to me and him used to podcast with uh Davon Curry uh he me and him were big Wally like Wally West like original Wally West uh like fans and we were just crushed when or when like he didn't make his return in new 52, new 52 oh yeah and then like then there's a the whole thing with like nothing i have nothing no like ill will or hatred for wallace west in fact he's a real he's a really great character and that was a pretty fat, a pretty smart way to do a little flashpoint twist on everything or new 52 twist saying that oh right because Barry altered the, the, t- the timeline who we thought was his best friend was is literally a different person, but then there was the retcon in the Flash Year One that they were both there in the timeline. God, these times these timelines are confusing. 
wibbly wobbly Tommy. <laughs> well, now, I mean, we've t- yeah. Now that we're kind of talking about characters, there was that previous question I asked you in our uh, failed recording, where I asked you kind of the characters that you found representation in as you were growing up. Did you want to touch back on that stuff again? Yeah, I mean it's kind of short, which is kind of sad because growing up, there weren't that many black characters on screen that left a big lasting impression or that lasted long, whether it's in a movie or you know different sci-fi and anime so there are definitely characters it's kind of sad to say but you know I, I would say one big one growing up was Zack on the Power Rangers you, oh, you know yeah. you see you see him and you're like oh okay you know he's he's got the black boy vibe you know he's he knows karate and he, you know, he dances, he does his hip hop keto. So it was like, oh man, like, oh, the Black Ranger. Like, all right, I can be him. It's just like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And he, you know, he was a badass. Uh, other than that, um, you know, growing up and it's, it's on topic, static. You know, seeing static on screen was just like a, a kid, you know, from the hood who grew up around, you know, predominantly you know, black neighborhood, you know, his, his dad and his sister and you know just a coming of age story of like getting powers and now what you're dealing with it and you're trying to make your neighborhood better so there was him there was john stewart who was you know the strong black guy who you know he was kind of static because of military background and just how he grew up but then you know he really had a heart of gold and he wanted to do more and he you know even with power he kept it in check so there was him and, you know, getting kind of more recent, there's Miles and, you know, like I said earlier, you know, how my nephew can see himself in him and I can see myself in Miles, especially you know, in Spider-Verse and things like that. And it just, it, it touched my heart, but it's, there's other characters, but still it's just not so much as any other, you know, white characters or some, you know, even sometimes Hispanic there's not many black you know main characters even side characters that are on screen and it just make you feel like you can always pick so many out of the litter to connect with and that, that kind of hurts and it, and it really does suck and there are characters I know of but it's just off the top of my head right now I'm just kind of blanking and that's how it is to be a black nerd in a lot of media where I'm sure you know, you guys, you know, being white and males, you can off the top of your head, you can name like maybe 10, 20 white, you know, white superheroes or <laughs> someone that looks like you. Whereas me, I'm just like, all right, I can name heroes. And most of them are, you know, mainstream that everybody knows of because those are the only ones they put into the media in, in rotation. And then there's a few other ones I can call out, but it's still not enough. <laughs> and and that's where when, you know, you see people like, oh, there's another, oh, they just did it for the social justice warriors or whatever. Oh, they put a, a black or, or a, a woman character or in this show or in this movie, oh, just to appease people. I'm like, you don't understand the significance. You can, you clearly have every face you see is just Western white guys. And even in anime, they're Japanese, but they look white. <laughs> so it's kind of like, 
you can identify with those characters to a degree, but you're like, man, when is someone going to look like me who isn't a villain or a background character who isn't going to die? Right. So it's it's really hard. So when you finally get that character, you're just like, oh, man, I feel like a kid. This is it's touching my heart, and it makes you want to cry and everything else. So like I said, we're, we, we're a long ways from really getting to that point. I won't say a long ways, but it's it's still going to take some time. But we're getting there. Slowly, but we're getting there. I think a lot of that will come down to having more, you know, non-white creators in all of these medias too. Because they're the ones who are going to prep, you know, prop up these characters properly <laughs> um, in yeah. a way to, you know, get the feel right. Like, I'm sure there are definitely, you know, white writers who can get a, you know, an LGBTQ character feeling authentic or whatever. But. But see, I think the the (laughs) problem with a lot of that is uh, where you don't see a lot of a lot of black writers or writers um, on screen is the the people who are in these companies are afraid mm-hmm. to do it because they think that um hey look if we put this character in we're gonna lose money or people weren't gonna go aren't gonna go see these and that's wrong because a lot of minorities are the big people who spend a lot of money in, on these movies oh I found another character and I gotta speak on this since we're there and I'm gonna make it quick because I know this is Dwayne McDuffie <laughs> but another character who I was like oh man and I got really super excited for and I saw on screen was Finn but we all know how Disney did us with Finn and I will never forgive them <laughs> and that is I will never like that is one of those characters and one of the things makes me so angry and so hurt a lot of companies <clears throat> what they do is they'll black uh black or minority and what that is is just like finn how they and all the promos in the uh was the first uh new movie from the trilogy you're like oh first place you see a black storm oh man okay this is cool and it goes to the trailer, goes to the trailer, and you're like, oh, man, he has Luke Saber. He's going to be a Jedi. And and I, they did that to be like, we got to get the minority market in. Did. A lot of black people, because they saw, oh, man, it's a face. It's Star Wars. You know, we love Star Wars, and we've always kind of been in the background. You see this character, and you're ready for it. It's like, man, I'm going to go to I love Star Wars. First day one, day one. And you see it, and you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And it's like, oh, that's how you're going to. And then you see the rest of the trilogy, and you're just like, "All right, Disney, f you." <laughs> and, and and that's how the and that's how they do. They will bait us to get to spin our on these mediums, and then they. And I will never Disney. If you ever hear this, I'm sorry, guys. I will never forgive you, ever. <laughs> well, I also uh, want to touch on Black Panther because. I, you know, Dwayne McDuffie, one of his inspirations to get in all into all this was Black Panther. So I'm kind of bummed he didn't get to, you know, live long enough to see the Black Panther movie. But one of the things that he loved to see was not just having like a black main character, but having a, you know, having the 
characters around them also being representative of him having yeah you know it specifically in his words it was like oh i get to see that the world has black custodians or there's you know black taxi drivers or there's you know whatever you know black people just don't have to be like those stereotypical ones you mentioned earlier or yeah you know just the main character that there could be a world filled with all of these black people too and so black panther did that very same thing so i'm curious when you saw black panther what was it like not just to see a main character who you could connect with but also having a world where it was like yes these this is what (laughs) you know media needs to have more of yeah oh man oh it when that movie first was announced, you know, it was already like, oh my god, I love the character. Oh, okay, this is finally happening. I've been since Wesley Snipes back in the nineties. But <laughs> then it was like it's it's a feeling when you go to the movie theater and when you normally go, you see a whole different bunch of people, but especially with superhero movies, you mostly see white faces, you know, mm-hmm. light 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 skin. But when that movie came out, it was like an influx of black people of all shades and colors in this movie. Going to the movie theater, showing support. You know, I, you know, black people in like dashiki, just kind of like a, a, a garb and stuff. And it was just like words cannot describe just the camaraderie, the love, port to see community come out and be like there's someone on the screen that looks like us but not even just look like us it they made africa and the the culture that you know we have and they made it seem so vibrant and so alive where you typically see like africa or support nation and this and this and that and it's like no that's not it you know yes it it mm-hmm. you know it has its Arts and it's good and it's bad, but there's so much more than what is the norm to get in media. So to see that and just Afrofuturism, which is a big thing I love in sci-fi, because sci-fi takes things from but you don't really get to see it on screen much or just in comics. So to see that come alive and it was just awe-inspiring, just breathtaking, and it it felt good to finally get an a movie with an all-black cast in a special comic setting, even though it was like, all right, you know, you, you kind of had Martin Freeman and, you know, uh, uh, what's Andy Serkis, so, you know, it wasn't, you know, black, black, just all around, all way around, but just the main characters and mostly just supporting characters and, you, you know, in that setting. And then you had Killmonger, who was like, man, damn. He, he could play a live that- action in Vegeta. Yeah, that yeah. too. Like, okay, and that's what they like. Oh, that was inspiration for Saiyan armor, and I was like, "Say no more, fam. Say no more." <laughs> but more just like saying no more. Ah, snaps! I see what you did there. <laughs> but um, just even with his character and his motivations, it was like he wasn't wrong. How he went about his actions, you know, moral compassly wise, was not the way. And I I love how they humanized him, even though he people and you know not about that life, but you know it made even T'Challa himself question 
his morals and the the way his people acted and how they went about stuff because it you know Killmonger's like man you had all this technology and you could have came and you could have saved us and did better but you chose not to you chose to be and keep yourself in your little bubble and you can see where that pain and that hurt comes from because even you know being black in the community you know from you know I'm sorry to go deep on this podcast and whatever whatnot but even with uh back in the day with slavery there was that you know the slave masters you know, they divided you know even by skin tone so they kind of give us like this crab in a barrel mentality like if I got mine it's from you know I, I, I you know I got mine so you better get your own and you kind of do for your own self and I I love how a lot of those elements played into the movie and the the storyline of the characters and it's what kind of drove Killmonger to do what he did because he wanted better for you know his the black people that had to deal with you know slavery and so many other atrocities that they felt throughout the world but here in the United States and just even his in monologue was he was just like bury me in the sea with my ancestors he's like I'd rather die knowing that I fought for a cause to want to do right by my people than be locked away as as a prisoner like they were you know the one made it here like yeah i could live but like not and that was a powerful line and that hit because it's like i can understand how he feels and where he's coming from especially seeing so much death and hurt and pain so that movie it really was a social commentary really hit home i'm sorry to to drag on but yeah man it's just you kind of you know with these things uh, in this topic, you can't not talk about this. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of hurt. I know Duffy, the people with milestone, they had to deal with a lot of racism, uh, uh, a lot of pain, and a lot of the black to be big in the media or to try to get them off the ground, even as black, you know, comic so there's a lot I can you can see where a lot of these things and inspirations that other people have taken from Dwayne and added into their work and you can see that when you know I guess we'll talk about it later but like Static Shock and some episodes and Justice League Unlimited and XYZ you know so if you, don't, if you guys don't mind me saying uh, back when Black Panther first came out uh, this is back when I was still Doing uh, recording with uh, Phantom Zone, we we wanted to do a, or the guys wanted to do a Black Panther review, and they were they tried reaching out to Emmett, he wasn't available, and and they're like, do you, do you guys know anybody? And I was like, I I know someone, contacted Javon, had him on, and uh, one of the people who was on. Who wasn't who wasn't on the record in the recording was like, this guy knows it. This guy, this guy is really good. It's and just, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Josh. I'll I'll send you a link to for that episode. Just okay. So as much as I mean, as much as me and them have had me and the guys over there have had a falling out, I still want to support them. 
But yeah, I mean, like, this is a, 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 I mean, it's a topic near and dear to me, just, you know, talking about these, because this is my life 24-7. This is what I, you know, on a daily basis, just being a nerd or just consuming this type of media is where I, you, you, you kind of had to fight for, to see yourself in, where once again, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, you guys being white guys, it's just like, dime a dozen, just, there it is. You can pick up out of a lineup. Where for me, yeah. it's just like, all right, there's that character, but do they get shine like Duke, you know, in DC Comics? I love Duke, and I love, you know, how he came about to where he is now, a signal. But, you know, you, 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 you get those rare characters, but you look at the time frame in which you get those characters, it's not as often as, a, oh, hey, look, we just made another white character. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Black Panther was like the complete inverse of everything else out there. Like, instead of a predominantly white cast, it was all black. And, the, you know, in those white films, it's like a sprinkling of a black person or a Latino or whatever. And in Black Panther, it was a sprinkling of a white person here, a sprinkling of a white person there. So it's like, this is exactly what black people have seen for so long. And I am so happy so happy to have seen like the black you know black twitter and everything just blow up when black panther came out i was so happy for everybody to finally have a movie like black panther out there for him yeah it, it felt like a, a a giant party and i could say uh another uh a character who i mean he's technically a marvel character because marvel did a comic about him but he's unless you i guess grew up in around the, the 90s or like black or something you really don't know him i know alan does but even if you go back and watch a movie uh, was written and directed by Robert Townsend called Me- The Meteor Man. Oh, and yeah. I love, love that movie. <laughs> Bro, it, it, the movie has Don Cheadle in it. It has Luther Vandross. It has Cypress Hill. Not, you know, Naughty by Nature. Just like a, just a whole bunch of different people. But, you know, Meteor Man, for people who don't know, was an average, you know, regular black guy kind of down in his look, whatever, whatnot. And he gets hit by a giant green meteor and the meteor gives him, you know, certain powers where he or he can read a book or any book he touches or something. He gets the knowledge for like 30 seconds or 60 seconds. It's it's one of the. Two. Uh, But, you know, it was like, oh, man, an, a black superhero in a black superhero movie with a pretty much predominantly black cast. It was like, oh, this is you don't see this type of stuff. So, you know. <laughs> Growing up in the movie is kind of cheesy, but I mean, it, so it was the 90s, but it's a good film. It has heart to it. So definitely, uh, whoever's listening to this, go go check out that movie. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen Meteor Man. I didn't even go back and rewatch that. So oh, yeah. I'm going to bring up a character who technically was created a long, long time ago. But only because she's Dwayne McDuffie made her prominent in the Justice League series. And because and I'm not I'm not gonna talk about that iteration of the character. And said character is Amanda Waller. But oh. Viola Davis, uh the way she portrayed that character in Suicide Squad. Probably oh, the, yeah. her and Will Smith were the best things about the movie. Absolutely. I I, I would definitely have to agree. Especially, you know, I Real quick, Amanda Waller. She Viola Davis already has that BDE because I don't know if you guys curse or 
having you on your podcast, so I'm just going to say that. But <laughs> she was honestly the perfect choice for Amanda Waller to have like that that's that swinging like i i am that head be in charge you were listening to what i say and you're just like man i don't want to cross her <laughs> yeah and, and 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 that's who amanda waller is is mm-hmm. she is what batman is to the justice league like has no powers but will f- you up and you know and she's the only one who I really could say out of humans that I think Bat- Batman gets chills from her just slightly a bit. He respects her. He knows. He's like, yeah. I'm, she doesn't can... back down. <laughs> and not yeah. many people will say that to Batman. <laughs> I, mean, she, I mean, she doesn't even back down to Superman or anyone else. So, And they could crush her and they still like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, trying to think of who who it is that voices her in the animated series. Oh, she's a famous black actress, but I forgot her. I want to say Pam Greer, but I know that's not it. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> it could be. But yeah, just that character. Like, and, and that's, and once, sorry to, I know we're I'm just trying not to stay off topic, but that's a, a like a black woman who just has the chutzpah. As you would say, Alan, yes. Can I say that? Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Like, just the, the mitigated gall. And just so strong and powerful. And she isn't done in a way that's demeaning to her, you know, being a woman. Or demeaning to her, like, making her seem like, oh, she's a... Excuse me, word. She's a bitch. Or, oh, she's just like, this person is like... She's... Not good, but she's not bad. She's doing things for a reason. Also, she hits a gray line because, you know, military and all that. But she's a woman with drive. She's a woman with conviction. She's going to get the job by any means necessary. Sometimes it's not a good necessary and it harms other people, but she's like, I'm going to do it. And you don't feel like... you don't feel like, oh, you, you hate this person, but you don't hate them. You're just kind of like, you're not the, the person who's I'm on the team that I should be rooting for, but you're a person who I just respect wholeheartedly. Yeah, so I looked it up, and it was actually CCH Pounder, who's equally as intimidating. Yes. And just the voice, and just the commanding presence, and you're just like, when Amanda Waller comes on screen, you already know what time it is. <laughs> you just know. So you're like, okay. I mean, h- how can a, a woman who who controls super villains, even though, you know, explosive collar, but still, they re- super villains respect her. The Joker respects her. That says a lot. I think that's what like makes me enjoy seeing her as a black character too. You know, it's already hard to find black characters in general. I think it's, and I, I feel, I, I feel bad saying it cause I could totally be wrong, but black females, I think is kind of harder to come by and to yeah. find a black female who literally everybody, no matter how powerful you are, no matter if you're good, if you're bad, Amanda Waller is probably the most fearsome character in the DC universe. Yeah, I absolutely love the fact that she's a black, strong woman to go along with it. 
And to have a character, you know, to have someone like her, you need to have a commanding person to pull it off. And Viola Davis is the perfect choice to do that. Yeah. And man, it was I, so I, so great. I don't think they. Uh, who's the actress in uh, Black Panther who plays the child's mo- mother? Oh, that's Angela Bassett. Yeah, she. Mm. I won't say she. Or I shouldn't be saying that. I shouldn't be saying it. I shouldn't be any place to say how I, how she was as Amanda Waller in Green Lantern. I think she had that presence, like it was there, but because Angela Bassett's just amazing actor. Yeah. But I I just think that movie was just not so good. But even her as Amanda Waller, like you you saw her presence and you felt that for the time that she was on screen. Like, she had that commanding presence. It's just the movie wasn't good. But I would say she was probably, like, the best part of that movie. Yeah, also, I could, it could, I think I'm pretty sure that Viola Davis just took over every any anything she had. She had, any, like, any momentum she had going. Oh, yeah. Green Lantern. Oh, yeah, for sure. By leaps and well, since we've kind of touched on it, I think we should probably actually get into some of the stuff. Yeah, like yeah. More, more headstrong in a way. Uh, but since we've kind of already touched on like Justice League Unlimited, I guess we could kind of start start there with some of the stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I always appreciate with Justice League Unlimited was the relationship between Jon Stewart and Hot Girl. Not just because like it was such a well done relationship but having the you know interracial relationship too i think was both incredibly um what's a good word to put it uh it's not something you see a lot period it's it's much less an animation (laughs) yeah and and i definitely agree with that and even when you do see it it's kind of done cheesily Mm. and i think uh, and like you said, I agreed that relationship and just that dynamic was perfect. But I I hate how it was done because this is another example is Worf and Dax. For it's like, oh man, it's an interracial couple in a you know kind of nerd sci fi setting, and then it's just like everything's good, and then they just completely just wipe the floor with that, and you're like, why? <laughs> why would you do this? Why would you break my heart? You know why? Like, I don't. I mean, I, Javon, you know, you saw the documentary. Yeah, it's just like Alan. It hurts though. It hurts. <laughs> just uh, let me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. So go on. Or get all emotional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like Justice League Unlimited is kind of one of the pinnacles of Dwayne's animation career. Um, I mean, Ben 10 and a lot of that. Too. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, just as League Unlimited is one of those things I wish I had gotten to watch more of growing up. Yeah. But I didn't come on to it until much later. <laughs> oh, so, man. That, that was just the pinnacle of the early to mid to just it just came out and it was, you know, it was a continuation of the Batman Superman adventures and, you know, the Batman anime series and stuff like that. So it was like, okay, okay, cool. So they're, they're still kind of keeping that with this, you know, whole timeline. 
And just the stories that Dwayne did with that just made you feel. There's so many episodes that just, man, watching it as a, you know, growing up, it just broke me. It's just like, oh, God. It's just like, why, Dwayne? Why, why are you, why are you doing my heart and soul like this? Is in just like in like one of the episodes, you know, I mean, Alan talk about it every so often. It's the Static Shock episode with uh, Ricky, uh, Richie and his dad, and the part the episode when he got shot. It's just like, oh, why, God? Uh, was that man, the, the was it Jimmy? Is that the episode name? Uh, the one, yeah, is it the one where he's trying yeah. to stop the bully? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know. As we were doing the episodes, like back in November or whatever, I was talking about how I needed to watch Static, and of course I had no way to watch it. I tried looking it up on YouTube and all that and couldn't find anything. So I figured the one thing I would do is to find the episode that they won the Humanitas Award or whatever, which was yeah. that Jimmy episode. So I went back and I watched probably about 15 minutes worth of just like pieces of that episode, and I can see why that episode won that award because it's so well done. You know, Obviously you know they can't go... Oops, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, obviously they can't go too far with it being, you know, a kid's animated show and all that, but for the topics they were doing and how they pulled it off, it was done in a way that I'm actually very surprised at how well done it is. And it it feels real in a way that a lot of stuff like, you know, that shows that try and tackle that sort of topic can get a little, like, too handholdy at the end. Like, oh, the bully and the bullied makeup at the end, and they become friends and all this. And it's like, no, like, the dude who went, went there to kill the bully is now in juvie and seeking medical attention and, you know, like, <laughs> you know, mental help. And the other guy got suspended and... You know, there isn't really a happy ending there. And and it's funny because we're talking about it and and I'm thinking about the parallels and I'm like, yo, Degrassi kind of stole that episode from Dwayne McDuffie. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on, this sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, going back to what you said, and it's so true. And that's what I love about, you know, things that Dwayne did. He was not afraid to go. Even for an animated series, he was not afraid to go there. And I love and respect him for that, especially when you're dealing with minority characters. Because you get a lot of hand-holding and you get a lot of, oh, here's a happy ending, or it, they kind of half-assed it. And I think that episode, especially, you know, what, you know being younger and going like that, and watching Static, and, you know, not saying bully was, bullying was prevalent in school, but, you know, it's prevalent everywhere. Then you had stuff like Columbine and, and things like that happen. Mm -hmm. And you don't really get to see an inner city perspective on it. And it's kind of all, oh, they're degenerates and stuff like that. So static humanized it. And it really, you know, brought it home. And it, it made you feel for these characters. And it made you feel like you were in that situation. And it was, like I said, when Dwayne touched something, you felt that emotional. It hit. It made you sit there and and just come to yourself and be like, "Oh man!" And I think that's where he really 
you know, it these episodes in these series have a lasting impression people when you know young and old because it puts you in a situation and you don't get that. A lot. So, someone who hasn't like really got to watch a whole bunch of the stack stuff is that kind of how the whole series went? It was very. Yeah, uh, have you have you watched Black Lightning TV? I have not. No. Okay. So I don't get much uh, time to watch TV in general nowadays. Gotcha. Uh, I I would say a lot of I mean because it dealt with you know black youth in the inner city. So yeah, a lot of that because it was a setting. If you know like know the the whole background of Static. So yeah, it, it dealt with a lot of those issues. It didn't always. You know, it still kept it lighthearted a, a, a lot of the times, and it didn't always push it down your face, but he made it known and made it clear that, yo, I'm, this is, you know, still in the inner city. Yes, there's gangs, and, you know, there's drugs prevalent and here and there, and there's violence, but it's not over the top, and it doesn't make everyone look like the bad guy, and it doesn't uh, make people caricatures. Yeah, you know, you got gang, you know, bangers and stuff like that, and Static being a young black teen who's dealing with, you know, he doesn't, he lost his mom, so it's just his dad and his sister. He's navigating having powers, you know, fighting to make his inner city where he lives better. And he's just like, he's a teen growing up, so there's hormones, he's dealing with bullies, and then there's drugs in the school, and different things like that. So it's, think of like the, the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, Higher Learn. A little toned down and with superhero, and just like boom, a static shot. Yeah, only having read like a few of the issues that have been put on DC Universe Infinite, um, and having a little bit more exposure with Miles Morales, Stack seems kind of like the precursor to what Miles would eventually become. Yeah, I would. I would. Do you think he'll have the same success when his movie comes out? Yes, I mean, just look at the um, the how everybody is loving the new character redesigns for the comics that's coming out. Just look at even him being in Young Justice. I mean, he wasn't the static new or want, you know, like really, really wanted, but everybody was like static and they loved him and I wish they would have done more with him. But I, I think he has more of a following black white and just everyone everyone loves static everyone you know you like static shock and you you hear people say superhero static shock <laughs> whoop, whoop. Uh-huh. You, you know what i mean <laughs> or gotta be gotta be a superhero you know static shock everyone loves static i think and people have been waiting for a, a static movie for a long time I, it just needs to be done right in dc right now i you know I, <laughs> yeah yeah. So um, I mean, you... okay. Oh, go ahead. So I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but there's actually uh, Static Shock and Justice League crossover episodes. Yes. It's like the those. There were th- a total of three episodes. Two, a uh, two-parter, and then like a, a regular one, like a year later. Yeah, one one I know he just did something with Batman, and then the other one he went into the future to Bat with Batman, and he asked Batman if it was Beyonce, which was as hell. Um, uh, no, no, no. I'm 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 talking, I'm talking about actual like Static Shock episodes where now we're we're him and 
him and Gear go to yeah, the had, Watchtower. They had to fight the whole Justice League because they over by Brainy, correct? That one? Yeah. And yeah, def- the second part of the episode was actually ri- was written by Dwayne. I, 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 those are great episodes, but I, I, I definitely, isn't Michael B. Jordan doing a static movie? Or said to be he's, producing it? He's That's producing it. In mind. Yeah. I, if, if, if it gets taken care of how, uh, uh, Black Panther was done, or even the first season of Black Lightning, I will say that movie is going to be great. It just has to be take it. Please just do it right. I it just don't don't try to make it too out there or too edgy. Just take inspiration from some Dwayne stories and just write a nice script. There we go. I think everyone will. Everyone's waiting for a static movie, so it'll do it. So, are there any like particular episodes that you all kind of love, either in Static Shock or you know Justice League Unlimited, Ben Ten, anything like that that really stand oh. out to you? I'll let you guys go first because I've been talking for a lot. So I want to hear your perspective. <laughs> it's like, what are your standout, you know, static or anything that. Do- Alan, you're more of the like animation side of this than I am, since I never really got to uh, fully enjoy all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, with Justice League Unlimited, I always enjoyed how he gave everybody time to shine. It wasn't just a focus on the main, you know, seven. It was. Oh, this episode's gonna have Supergirl, or this episode's gonna have Shining Knight. It was I always liked the revolving door of superheroes and yeah, I I, th- I love that whole concept of changing it up and making it interesting every episode. Uh an episode I I mean obviously there's a reason I like it. It's because it it's uh the the two parter of Season two of Justice League called uh, the Terror Beyond. You gotta got to look this up here. So Doctor Fate and Aquaman. This is back when after Aquaman uh, cut his hand off or cut his hand off, and Doctor Fate and Aquaman they borrow Solomon Grundy. And it it was, and the reason like, what when watching the episode, I didn't realize this, but it was it was actually the reason it was those, those three heroes is, is like it was a, an homage to the defenders. Huh. Like not not the, not the current not the modern version but like. The original, original defenders. Like I'm guessing it was the one that he like grew up with. Yeah. Because I remember right, that was the I think it was Defenders Ten, which was the issue that he got in trouble with his mom about lying to her and going all the way to find the Thor vs. Hulk issue or whatever. Um. Did uh Alan? Did Dwayne do the uh, Justice League Unlimited episode with a uh, Batman and Ace? Um, 
that was the finale. That was actually the epilogue to Batman Beyond. So I'm pretty sure that was Paul Dini. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to think like this. There's so many, but uh, I'm like, hmm. I mean, I did yeah. like the, this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it gets a little tricky, like, figuring out which episode's which without having everything kind of in front of us to to go off of. And everything kind of blends in so well together. And Oh, I, I will say one of my, um, my, he did epilogue. I love that one. That was a great fucking episode of uh, Justice League. Uh, but I will, I mean, that's one everyone knows, but as in, uh, I'll go with Static. And my favorite episode, it was Static Goes to Africa. Do you remember that one, Alan? Uh, no, I, I, I really wish I do because... Uh, it's the episode where him and his family went to Africa for a vacation and he met uh, the superhero Anansi. Yes. Yes, I remember that episode. Yes, it's such a beautiful episode because it's like... All right, you know, Virgil left Detroit and he goes to Africa to go visit the motherland, to go on a culture, you know, experience with his dad and his sister and just learn about heritage. And then he meets up with the, the superhero Anansi, that's an African hero, and he helps him out. And it was pretty much static was just kind of like, I don't know if I'll ever be good enough to, you know, to be a hero, to be like Green Lantern, you know, Jon Stewart, because I think he met him an episode before. And Anansi just pretty much reassured him. He's like, you're better than, you know, John. And not in a sense, you know, he's like, you know, you're stronger because you're younger and you're learning, but also because you have a whole, you're, you're, you're putting the weight of the world on your shoulder in your community. He's like, that's admirable because he's like, you don't have to be like any other person, just be you. You know, there's only one static and you can do so much, but you, the little drops, you know, like water droplets in the pond, those ripples, you don't always see like the end and the fruit of your labor, but it's there. And it was just like, you know, such a, 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 a mm feeling that another superhero, you know, black one, it can tell him, dude, you're, you're doing good. Like, coming along and just to give him that validation and that reassurance it was very very touching and he also did um, the once and future thing part one and part two so I'll just leave it in yet. so just, I have just something I, I think Josh will be happy about because of uh, what I think the first part of about, uh, covering Dwayne uh, Far From Home uh Dwayne wrote was he's credited for the story of that, of that episode, which is the episode where that takes place in the in the thirty first century with the Legion, hmm. where he got to use Bouncing Boy, <laughs> his favorite. <laughs> and honestly, uh, the third season of Just League Unlimited it is I uh, it's uh, it's pretty much just milestone straight up because it's either. Dwayne McDuffie writing episodes or Matt Wayne writing episodes. And the only time and the only people only all, like other people like is, 
JM DiMatteis for one up for one episode, or for a couple episodes. Uh, Paul Dini, Jeff Johns. Yeah, he did. He did a lot, man. Honestly, without Dwayne, I don't think the DC animated universe would be where it is now. Just he, just he. Well, it is where it is where it is now because he's not there to guide the ship anymore. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Bruce Tim did a great job with Batman, the animated series, and stuff like that. But just everything Dwayne touched for DC animated wise just completely just let's be honest, it demolishes that. It just it really, really just the like you said, he did a revolving door around characters where it wasn't just Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Aquaman. It was just, you know, you had Zatanna, you had uh Constantine was was he? Uh no? No, not he. He was he was technically still Vertigo, Vertigo character yeah. at that point. But you know, even when he did with the villains, like the episode with uh, Shira and Grundy. Oh God. Oh yeah, that that episode <laughs> still hard. It still hurts to even think about that episode. Oh my God! <laughs> you see, I like I said, just talking about it is. I don't have to finish going into the description about it, and you. You know, if you've seen that episode, you're just like, it's been a long time, and that still hurts. And just and, and listener, listeners, you can experience episodes, those episodes on HBO Max. HBO Max, fifteen dollars a month. Tell them we sent you. Yes, but just now sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, but you know, I'm, I I don't want to give it away if people have seen. But just when Shia was just telling told Grunny he can rest now. It was just like, oh god! <laughs> it's that uh, it's that meme of the 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 kid with the the emo kid with the headphones on. Yeah, it's just like, can I stop crying? Why am I crying? As they say, I'm crying in the club right now. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really crying because it's once again just the episode with Batman and Ace, and you know, Ace is dying, and she's pretty much what Wandavision is right now. What's going on is pretty much what happened in the episode. And she, you know, Amanda Waller sends Bruce in there to pretty much shoot this child because she's dying and having a psychosis breakdown and she can reality, you know, bend reality. And if she doesn't, the whole world can just go kaput. And, you know, Ace knows Bruce is there to kill her. And Bruce just puts the guns down. He's just like, no, I'm just going to sit with you until the end and I'm just gonna talk and you know she was telling Bruce about her life and everything that happened and Bruce told her about his life and him losing his parents and stuff like that and you know they built a bond and a relationship and at the end you know she dies and people you know they think that Bruce killed her and they're like nah he didn't just the sadness on Bruce just oh mm. these Sorry, go on, guys, before I get emotional. <laughs> but it's just, that's how good Dwayne McDuffie was. You didn't, you, you weren't getting animated series in, you know, and, you know, cartoons and even anime at the time that made you feel like that. It made a, even like Princess, this is how it sounds like when doves cry. I was crying. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, and even now, going back into it, I, you know, thinking about that episode, I'm like, man, I want to cry, but I'm like, I can't. It's a podcast. I can't do that right. 
feelings. Yeah, I'm just I'm sitting here going through like the like the Justice League Unlimited episodes and everything, and it looks like starting at the tail end of the first season, Dwayne was a big part of almost every single episode after yeah. that. I I mean, they had no choice when the man was bringing out bangers like that. <laughs> yeah, I, so yesterday Warner Brothers put out the um I think it's called a League of One, uh, which is like the Dwayne McDuffie documentary they did right after he died. Um, it's apparently on the Static Shock season one. I think it was also originally with the Justice League Doom when that first yeah. came out. And there is a part in there where they're talking about when Dwayne first came on to do like episodes. I can't remember if it was Static Shock or Justice League that he first jumped on to do, but he came on board and the person who was supposed to be kind of like his mentor to help him get started and everything. Dwayne was like, this is my first time doing this. I've never done this before. And the guy was like, Oh God, like I have to start from scratch with this guy only to find out like Dwayne popped out. It was static because they said that his episode one, like basically shaped the rest of the entire season with how great it was. And he told, you know, Dwayne told him it took him like four or five days to get the entire script written. And then after he died, Charlotte, his wife, basically came out and said, like, no, he did that in a day. <laughs> like, and I guess that just surprised all of them because what takes them like forever to do like four pages or whatever, he could do like an entire script. Like, I guess everything just felt so natural to him. And I think it's pretty clear in just how well done all of his episodes are, all of his comics are. Like, he loves it. He loves doing this. He's so good at it. He gets characters pitch perfect. It's masterclass. <laughs> yeah, he put he put his heart and his soul into it. And, you know, you can see where he even put his life into, you know, characters. And that's why, in, you know, where there are stronger writers black but when it comes to telling black stories or you know just any other minority stories no one can tell them like the people that live and I think that's where the magic especially for Dwayne came from because he not saying you know he had to live that life but you know he's a black man living in America he knows the hardships of what it is and what you have to go through being that type of person. Excuse me. And uh, and that's where it shines. And that's where we like I say we need a lot of we need more minority peoples writing minority characters because there's like I don't know what it is to be white, so I can't tell a white story. You know, to a degree, or you know, you know how it goes. But I can tell you about my life as being a black guy, like I'm doing on this podcast. And people are like, oh, would you write a character or could you give some input or some insight? And I'm like, yeah, I can give, you know, X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. And, and, and that's where, you know, you get a lot, you know, even with, uh, you see, like, the writers were doing for Black Panther and stuff like that. It's the Black experience. You know it from living it. So I think that's why, you know, and he was just, he was just magic in general. He could just write and just, like I said, he made you feel. So, like, there's, uh, I like like Josh. I was also uh, reading through 
certain milestone related of uh, comics on DC Universe Infinite. Mm-hmm. And the the I think it was the second issue of Static, where he shows up, and I'm blanking on the name. Uh, uh, real it's it's the antagonist of the series name. Oh, um, I always want to say Hot Streak, but I don't think that. <laughs> that's, that's <it. laughs> oh, been, been something. Yeah. The the part where he goes to, like, he shows up all confident and suave to uh, rescue uh, Frida. Mm-hmm, on the playground. Yeah, and then he... And then he, he's like, he has a moment where he just freaks out and just like, just almost goes, has like a panic attack is something that I, I was reading it and I was like, is this really happening? (laughs) Not not streak. Martin yeah. Biz Money B Scaponi. <laughs> Biz Money. Yeah, yeah. Biz Money. Um like they I always thought that when when I was when I watched the uh show that oh this the show goes places. And then that that issue and like when Frida is trying to like get him to to calm down and, and like tell him like you have powers you can beat him he's like no I can't I, I I can't do it and so like it's not just a black character who's scared it's or it's not a black character who's scared or it's a black character who's been bullied has trauma re- resulting result from said bullying and even though that he's been given a gift it's like the more things change the more they stay the same and going back to and just to go back to the episode where we mentioned uh, the milestone episode that we did mm-hmm where I totally got my facts confused, which is typical me. <laughs> uh, the whole thing in, where you mentioned that uh, the bombing in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Because of it was a like a black movement literally called MOVE. And they drop bombs on the building, and I think ten or eleven people were killed, and and some of them were, and like, and almost half of them were were children. And like, I was watching uh, this YouTube. Uh, there's a YouTube channel I watch called Comic Pop, and they do. There's a certain show they do, or there's a show they do called Back Issues. Well, they'll where like over the course of, like an hour. Maybe more, maybe less. They'll talk about a certain trade paperback 
and I had to mention to my my sisters that uh, Static's powers, like his origin, has been messed with, sort of, sort of, because of like his original origin with the Big Bang, and then like the New Fifty Two stuff, and then again with Milestone Returns, uh, issue zero. Did they change it from the big uh, <clears throat> from the Big Bang in the new, the Milestone Returns? Yeah, he. Well, they 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 sort of made him. They 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 sort of toned it. I think they toned it down if I, if I recall correctly. But like, I haven't read he, the. Uh, can you guys talk? And I'll just quickly take a glance at it. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things I always appreciate, like, going through and reading some of his comic stuff is that he always found a way to kind of link with what it's like being a black person in a, you know, heavily dominated and controlled white society. And one of those things is kind of noted in his first issue of Hardware, and he basically relates it to a pet parakeet. And so I just kind of want to read through some of the like uh, kind of monologuing that's kind of going on here. Um, It's basically the panels are just showing this black kid letting out his pet parakeet and the parakeet flies off trying to fly out the window and into freedom. And so the whole thing says, when I was a kid, I used to have this parakeet. And sometimes when I'd open up his cage to clean it, he'd escape. This little bird would see the backyard and make his move. Invariably, he'd head straight for the window fast as he could and inevitably crack his head on the window pane. A barrier of glass unseen and incomprehensible to him. So he'd try again over and over until spent and defeated, he couldn't try any longer. My bird made a common error. He mistook being out of his cage for being free. And it's like, damn! Yeah! (laughs) Like, such an easy metaphor to understand. Yeah. For something that I will never truly understand. He he kept it light, and but it still was very impactful. And it is, it's just like that. It's just like, oh, you think you're free? Nah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like there's always an invisible wall or an invisible force that's pretty much stopping you achieving more and i and i'm pretty sure he wrote that because that's how he felt you know with uh his other compatriots making milestone comics and just Mm -hmm. you know hey look you're in a white dominated you know society and world and especially in comics and here you are a few black guys coming together and you're, you're trying to make characters and trying to do something where the big boys at marvel and dc are all up in your face and it's like, how do you step into that, you know, that that ring in that arena, especially when you're making black characters? To 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 think about to being them making my own and to try to make you're doing black characters and smart and powerful characters, and you're trying to get these comics out there, and then especially when you're the subsidiary of DC, like man, that that pressure. That that pressure and just even doing you know you write and stuff and then you take it to the big wigs and they're like nah because I remember um 
thinking about when he did that cover of Static, of Static, um, mm-hmm. where it was Static and his girlfriend just sitting on the couch and they're kind of making out or whatever, and the big wigs were like, "Oh, that's too sexual. You you got to do something else. You can't have that." <laughs> it was just like, dude, it's a black teen. I mean, in, in the comic, I think Kim and his girlfriend at the time they had sex like that, but it was like the the mm. cover was just like. Two black teens making out. Yep. And they're like, nope, we can't have that. But then you see, you know, Gene Gray and Scott Summers making out and sexually and grab, you know, he's grabbing all up on her and just like different <laughs> stuff like that, you know, with white characters. And it's, oh, that gets passed all the time. But black love? Nah, we can't have none of that. We can't show black people in a positive light. And I just, and just reading that interview, and I was just like, man, I know he was pissed off. <laughs> he was like, you efforts, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> and so it's just like here that, that you know, the, the whole parakeet metaphor is just like, man, he, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Okay, so I just brought up the uh, Monster Returns. They actually made it. Even they kind of, it kind of, they made it. I'm not saying they made it better, like the origin. I just quickly sped through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virgil and his sister are attending, or thinking his sister, or no, Virgil and a girl he likes are attending a Black Lives Matter protest or ra- rally. And he, oh, a bully shows up and initiates a fight. The police are called. And they throw in the tear gas. So I'm taking the tear gas is what got him his powers? Yeah, and the last thing that he says, or the last thing with Static, it says uh, he, he mentions at least now things are a lot more even. You know, like fighting the fighting between everyone. Or yeah. fighting between him and his uh, bullies. Like yeah, they're they're they are vicious, but I'm I'm smarter. I understand my powers more than they know anything. Kind of weird with the whole tear gas. Why why tear gas? Well, the tear gas from the comic pop, comic pop, uh, the way the guy described it was so like the tear gas tear gas was laced with uh, some radiation. So, so they could be tracked. Ah, uh, so yeah, kind of they like didn't a... change it up too much from the original story. There's a little yeah. bit of difference there, but for the most part, it's pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. All right. Not not too bad. I mean, it kind of throws me off, but I'm like, I can see it. I I can I can dig it. I can. Like and like the sort the milestone returns Javon. It open. It begins with a uh, rocket. And and some friends driving up to it, what they think is a, it's just like haunted, a haunted house. Yeah. And she she goes in to steal something, like a, uh, I forget I'm forgetting what it was. But she runs into Icon. I was just about to ask, where's Icon? Where's Icon? <laughs> and he goes from his, he goes from like black to his real his real. Uh, appearance, 
Yeah. And the so, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just thinking. I was just <coughs> excuse me. I was wondering if they were still gonna have like Black Lightning be like a mentor to Static, like how he was before. I don't. I. I I'm not sure if the, if they're gonna do that. They're trying to keep it like on a separate world, right? So it's not. Yeah, uh, Earth M. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So mouse. So Earth Milestone, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I mean, I mean, I, I guess they'll eventually cross them over, but aren't all? But see, here's my question: Didn't with the whole uh, the metal series, didn't they all the the Earths are in the same kind of multiverse, right? Well, the the way they described it, or was like everything that there's the canon between everything is now looser than ever. So. There could be a, uh, there could be a, a feature interaction between yeah. the Earthm people, like the the Dakotaverse and the mainline DC universe. Yeah. And uh, Javon, if you, oh, when we're done with recording, I sent, I put in the uh, link to the DC Earthm also in returns. Nice. I highly recommend you read it because it'll just get you like really hyped for uh, April. Yeah. Oh, for sure, and, and and even you know, in the sense of, I'm glad they're not linking uh, Earth M to the regular DC because I do want Milestone to thrive on its own because they did those characters deserve that. Uh, you know, a lot of those characters don't get enough shines, but I do eventually want a, a nice crossover uh, to happen. Cause I think, man, just think about it. Just a, a whole, all these black heroes coming together and just kicking some ass. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. If you can't tell, <laughs> there, we can put explicit tags. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please. Do. <laughs> it's, right. Like I said, these characters just mean a lot, and to finally see them come back, you know, like I, you know, Red Milestone back in the early '90s, you know, not a lot of the comics that had some, but still, it's just like, oh yeah, like, I, I, Alan, we talked about it, you know, when they announced Miles, the Return of Milestone, it was just like a collective, ah, oh, the heavens are open. Siobhan, <laughs> uh, did you ever hear about the story? Hear the story about? When everyone thought that Dwayne McDuffie was turning Just League Black, no. Okay, Josh, should I tell? Should I, should I fill him in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Dwayne McDuffie, Dwayne McDuffie was joining. He he was joining. The, he was writing uh, Just League back in like 2007. Yeah. And he he was told to bring in. He was told by uh, editorial to bring in more black characters. Mm-hmm. So like uh Vixen, uh John Stewart, uh Jason Rush, and so, so and the art like someone like, like I think I think the artist did a pinup or not a pinup, a uh like did a mock up of how all the all the black heroes. Yeah. Someone someone leaked it. And there was a bunch of outrage, like, 
and the, the exact quote was, he's turning the Justice League all black. He's getting rid of the white guys. <laughs> Cry harder, please. <laughs> it's like even during that run, like it's not like he put a big focus on all those black characters either. So it's like making this big hubbub about having like I think three black characters in the Justice League mainly, and only yeah. one of them really gets a focus, and that's Vixen. You know, like yeah. John Stewart's there, but he's you know he's not really a main he, character. He didn't have the he didn't have the role he has uh, on the current current. Uh, series or when Scott Snyder was writing it, where he was like the straight up head of the the Justice League. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those stupid things about dumb white people getting all upset because a black character takes the lead <laughs> spot for a little bit. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's 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 funny that we're talking about it, and I just went on Twitter and I'm looking at a site. They're like, oh, you know. DC stands for diverse of casting and it's showing, you know, all the different characters that they have that are coming up in future projects, you know, movies and stuff like that. And I, I, I never, you know, like, don't go look in the comment section. Don't go look in the comment section. <laughs> Cause you already know what the comment <laughs> section is going to look like. Don't <laughs> And some white guys like rip comic accuracy. You know, just like, <laughs> I'm just like cry harder, but I, I just it's people like that where uh, it's just comic like, state people. Yeah, just just I guess comic gate racist, just a holes, douchebaggeries. It's just, <laughs> and they always <laughs> try to be really sly about it. It's like, oh no, I don't care that they're this. It's because their hair color's not blonde anymore. You know, yeah. it's like. No, 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 no. We know what your real problem is here, and it's not something as, you know, tiny as the color of their hair or, you know, yeah, how tall just, they are. It's, it's just like me, one I, of. The, excuse me, I dropped my fedora. <laughs> like, like one of the comments is yes. Now, since this is okay, how about a white guy for John Stewart or Icon or Static, or would that be whitewashing? I see, and I'm just like, just exactly what I talked about earlier. Just like. <laughs> These are characters, like, you're trying to be like, oh, we can make them white. I'm like, Static, Icon, and, and, and John Stewart, you can never be white. Why? It's because mm. those characters are specifically African American. They were made African American. Like, you can't be like, Peter Parker's black. No, he's a white dude. But Spider-Man can be anyone. It's like, they get mad, like, oh, it's a black Spider-Man, or this or that. I'm like, okay, but McGill... O'Hara was a Hispanic Spider-Man, but you guys love him. I'm like, so why is it not cool for me to have... I'm like, Spider-Man is a title. It's a moniker. It's not like <clears throat> that character with that title was specifically you know, like a white guy. Like, you can't be like, oh, we're gonna turn a white guy black light... Uh, a white guy be Black Lightning. The name is Black Lightning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> specifically... To... Go ahead. Javon, have you have you gotten a chance to read the series the the young the uh, uh the Wonder Comics uh, series Naomi? Uh, no, but I heard so many good things about it. It's fantastic. That there's a 
there was a major uh, tribute to Dwayne McDuffie in that series. Oh, okay. I got to. And gotta, it's going to a show. Oh yes, I do know about the show. Is this still happening? Because it's going to be yeah. CW, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and the Wonder Girl uh, series. Oh, nice. But yeah, you know, I'm sorry to get off topic, but it's just like things like that. Like I said, you can't make Black Panther white because it's Black Panther. You can't make Static white because Static was a product of his environment. You, you know what I mean? So when you see mm-hmm. like comments like that, it's just like, oh, please, <laughs> it's like, please do not get smacked down. Not we don't we're not we're not we're not causing violence, people who are listening to this podcast. But just know the frustration of being a black person in nerd media and comics, and you have to hear this crap. You have to see people write this crap, and you're just like, "Woosa, woosa!" Don't go into the comments. Don't say anything because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so you keep it to yourself. It's just so sad. Like, it's like 98%. This is just pulled out of my ass. 98% of the characters in comics are white. And suddenly now it's 97 because now there's another black character. And suddenly it's like, oh no, oh no, they're coming for, you know, they're coming for our white characters. So it's like, you still own like almost the entirety of the characters that exist in this medium. Why are you so frail and pathetic to be so concerned about this additional character? Exactly. And that's when I said earlier, where it was just kind of like offhand. I mean, you guys know a lot of black comics and stuff and even obscure characters, but a normal person who's just getting into comics or who's on the kind of shallow end of like reading comics it's like, how many black characters can you really name that isn't <laughs> Static or Cable or Blade or something like that? How many characters can you actually name versus how many obscure-ass, you know, you know, white characters you can, you can name? Oh, here's Miracle Man and this person, and you're just like, okay, cool. Cool. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. So It's like if I gave you a list of 200 characters at random... And I told you to close your eyes and point to one of them. But what are the odds that's not going to be a white character? <laughs> yeah, the odds are very low. <laughs> Let's be there's, real on that. There's another thing that uh, Dwayne McDuffie mentioned about, like how the how white or not 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 white. Uh, basically, just how comic book fandom is about certain certain things. Yeah, like. Batman getting the drop on a certain super, a certain character, uh, believable, or in our eyes believable. Uh, but if he, if, but if he was running Black Panther, getting the drop on Thor, they're like, he can't. That can't happen. Yeah, it's not Batman possible for a the, black character to have prep uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. Oh, Batman has prep time. He could do this. Oh no, that character can't because of now they want to throw in physics and this and that, and you're just like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> That's just like if I'm like, who do you think would win in a fight, Thor or Static? Uh, and I'm like, that that's actually. Oh, I would I would love to see that. Uh, I would love to too. I I honestly think. Thor would get. I mean, because you've seen the superpower. I, I think they did they want a superpower beatdown on uh, once. 
I know the, the static fought someone and he just mopped the floor at him. I'm like, oh, I think it was uh, Spider Man or something. I don't know. But I'm like, Thor has lightning. Static really takes, you know, electromagnetic powers from around him. So <laughs> I think he will be able, he has untapped energy. I think he will probably beat Thor. But I could be wrong, but I still would love to see that fight. I'm really so. Did you read Icon, Javon? Uh, not a not a lot. I, I I've read like a few things here and there, but not a lot. So you're probably more knowledgeable on. Because he's one of those characters, I would really be curious to see, like your opinion of him, mainly because he seems so. He seems like one of those people you like one of the black people you would see at a Trump rally. In a way, because yeah. he seems to have. Like, oh, <laughs> the police are on our side, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and that kind of mentality. Very kind of Republican-esque. And so I, yeah. I would be really curious to see, like, what your opinion in, is of him. Um, just because of how different he seems to be written to, uh, like, at least I imagine I would like to think a lot of black people are, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like the government's really been great to black people in general, but I feel like Republicans are probably a little bit worse on that regard. I, I mean, like I could I said, be wrong. I really, I'm not. I don't want to. Yeah, I, like I said, I can't really give a, a a definite thing on that, but I've you know read small things here and there. But from what he sounded like, I think he was probably mostly written as an optimistic kind of black character. Yeah, whereas he's trying almost. In the sense, kind of a Sam Wilson esque to a certain degree, where he wants to see the good in in the country and the people are doing this stuff, so he just kind of isn't letting uh, 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 the negative side affect him. But at the same time, I can see where that is a disin like you are kind of disconnected towards other people because you know there are black people there like that. You're like, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to let, you know, what happened in the past and slavery and all that stuff, you know, happen. But, you know, oh, the country's trying to do better. And it's like, all right, it's cool. You want to have optimism. But it's like, when does two Or it's kind of like, you kind of got a small point, but, bro, you can't pass. You cannot just wipe the... So, that's from, from what you're telling me, that's what kind of what I got. But I definitely have to read more to give a full in-depth analysis so please just kind of take what i just said with like a grain of salt (laughs) (laughs) sorry well i think it's also pretty great because rocket is kind of like what i imagine you know like the correct response to be and i kind of the opposite and so like they're two kind of personalities and uh Kind of understandings on how the world should or does work kind of clash in a way that's really entertaining. Yeah. So for like one example is that in, I think it's issue two of Icon. You know, they both go to help this like kind of hostage standoff, and the police are surrounding the building, and Icon lands, and Rocket like the entire time is like, "Don't do this. Like, the police are not on our side. You." Do not go down there and talk to them. They're not going to side with you. And he's like, no, yeah. no, no. Just, just give me a chance. He goes down there, and he, you know, he starts you know, trying to make his point. And they're just like, no, put your hands up. We're going to arrest you and all this. And he's like, okay, 
I'm trying to help you guys, but if this is what will get you, you know, <laughs> and he just kind of yeah. goes along with it. And he doesn't like the fact that like rocket will use the hard R version of the N, you know, the N word and all this. Yeah. And it's just like the way that they clash on so many things is fantastic. But it's one of those things yeah, like, be- I'm like, icon man i don't know if i can agree with you yeah. on all this stuff and, and like i said you you get to see the two different sides of you know the black struggle like the black persona whereas you have like this kind of uh uh, uh affluent kind of black guy who's you know life is going good for him and you know, he's doing his thing, which is icon where he's kind of upper middle class middle classes and mm. then you have rocket who is kind of like the everyday black guy who's been in the trenches, who's, you know, like status, you know, you lived in the hood or, you know, the inner city and you see the horrors and just like the, the struggle that comes with it. So you're more in tune with reality and you kind of got a chip on your shoulder of a sense, but it's like, listen, I, I know I'm seeing with my eyes open, whereas Icon is just like, no, we got to do better. I got this power, so I don't want to seem as like the scary black guy. And, you know, I got to be kind of upstanding, upright, how society wants me to be. And that is like an eternal struggle with black people and even myself. And I think Jon Stewart is the best of both worlds in that because he is like, you know, the military man, so he's standing for what needs to be right, but he's John Stewart's like, nah, I'm still black at, the, at my core. <laughs> he's like, I will let you know what's up, and I'm not going to take your crap. And, and and that's why I love John. So, and just, you know, you talk about Icon and Rocket, I'm like, they're just two sides of the inner turmoil and the inner fight of a black guy where, like I said, you can come from the streets or just be a regular black guy, but people are going to think you're scary. And so when you get out, like uh, how we have code switching in black language, where we'll use AAVE, which is African-American vernacular English, where, you know, you know, it's like, yo, what's up and stuff like that when you're around other black people. But then when you kind of get out in public to not make let people see, think that you're uneducated or scary or a thug, you kind of put on a a white voice and you're like, oh, I, you know, pronounce words more. Hi, how you doing? You know, it's a great day out there. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's not that you're doing it to be fake, but it's kind of a defense mechanism that we as black people have to use when navigating and going out into the world because people already think, you know, like I said, you're scary or educated or this and that. So you got to use this kind of chameleon defense mechanism to to live and to, and to survive. And I think that's pretty much what Icon and Rocket is, where Icon is that I want to be better. I want people to see that <clears throat> I'm not who they think I am. And, you know, upstanding citizen, not saying he's faking it, but that's how he survived, especially being a hero, where Rocket's just like, nah, I am who I am. You either hate it or love it. <laughs> You're just going <laughs> to deal with this. And, you know, this is my blackness, so I, I, I totally get it, because both sides of these two heroes are me, and millions of other black people, and this is just a daily thing. So I think, you know, you might not agree with Icon, and it's just kind of <laughs> like, oh, God, you seem like you're going to be one of those, and you're just like, 
okay, but <laughs> when you really understand it, you're like, okay, I, I, so I think I think that's brilliantly done, especially in the world of supers. That's just kind of like that that clashing comes and it's just like, you know, you're still black at the end of the day, no matter how you try to present <laughs> yourself and how you want people to see you, they're still going to treat you like a black man. <laughs> and it's kind of a funny thing to laugh at, but it's so true. It's like you can't. And, and I know this is kind of getting. Sorry, guys, I don't mean this to be political, but I mean, it's Black History Month and we are talking about it. So it's still on. I mean, topic. this is why we had you on, because it's not like <laughs> yeah. me and Alan really understand all this. <laughs> but it's like, um, like I tell friends everywhere, you know, from different cultures and backgrounds, they're like, oh, you know, come to, you know, come hang out here in my, this country here or whatever. You won't have it as bad as you do in the States. And I'm like, as lovely as that might sound, that is a total. And I'm like, because how the world views and portrays black people, especially, you know, black men. I'm like, no matter where I go, that stigma is on me. And you see it in the media and stuff every day. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, black people being done the way they are by the, the government and by police, and they could be affluent black people don't have a record or anything or, you know, just living their daily lives. And the first thing they do is when the police or someone's in the wrong is let's go back and look at their criminal record to see, Oh God, you, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't return a book on time. You're a villain. And it's like, man was just, this person was just taken down brutally. Their life was snuffed out and you're going to go back into their past to justify what just happened. Yeah. It's like, wow. So, and, and, and that's where, you know, I'm sits where it's like, I can just be like, hey, 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 you know, I'm the, the cock of the walk and everything's good and I can pronounce words and, you know, but at the end of the day, people are still going to see. And I think that's where, you know, Icon and Rocket, where Rocket's just like, you know, I, I'm guessing whenever they butt heads, it's like, dude, at the end of the day, you're hero, you have all this power, you're black. The world's still not going to be kind to you. So this is why I wanted you on (laughs) to get this perspective. Thank, I appreciate you having me on. But yeah, man, that's just how it goes. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go all go all deep and political. I'm like, it's a podcast. It's the Wayne McDuffie. We're gonna keep it light. But like I said, uh, I apologize, but at the same time, I don't apologize because people need to hear these type of things. This is my life and the lives of many millions of other, you know, black people that live in this world and in this country. And it, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be heard. And the stories have to be told because it's the reason why Dwayne McDuffie, a lot of a lot of other arm artists in, you know, the comic realm and other medias, why they tell the stories that they do. Because there's so much more that people don't understand or don't see or choose not to see. And it also just humanizes, you know, black people, the minorities of, you know, we are human beings, too. We're in the struggles that we deal with. And these stories and give us an outlet to be able to take, you know, to show our frustration and our pain 
and our love and our joy and, and all of those different things. And I said that, that's why I love how, you know, the Static Shock cartoon showed a lot of it. You know, there's, I'm pretty sure there's millions of, you know, white kids who only heard about the inner city through, you know, rap videos or movies or stuff like that, which, you know, didn't always paint it in a, in a positive light. And I was one of those. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And then I grew you up see... in a small town of like 5,000. I think I could count the number of black people I knew on one hand, just to put yeah. it in perspective. So, yeah. Yeah, so you, you see that, and then you you kind of see static, and you're like, whoa, okay. And, 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 you know, it came on the, you know, kids WB back in the day, so it was in a lot of households. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to see that in... And it, it, it kind of brings my heart joy where I see different, you know, people of different races like, man, I love static too. Like I, I posted the redesign on my Twitter and, you know, it blew up and people were like, oh, static. I used to watch this as a kid and stuff like that. And I'm just like, me too. <laughs> and you, get, you, you know, you, you see a lot of black people uh, talk about it, but then you see all these other people. So you feel like that camaraderie and just like, oh my God, man, like this. And I wish Dwayne McDuffie was still alive today to see i mean he saw it but even now in his new age and it's on hbo max guys so go watch it now um to to see the influence that he has had on so many people in this medium black white just all shades and it's it's a lovely thing and i'm just glad that you know his wife can see that but i just wish Dwayne was here to see these characters and the love and the impact that he had not only on my life, but now I can share it with my, my nephews and, you know, just other people can share it with their kids and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's, it's just, it, it makes you feel loved and, and it makes you, you know, being a black person and nerd to me, it makes me feel seen. And now I'm just like, I see, you know, I see the new stuff with Static and I'm like, oh man, I want to cosplay that. I've always wanted to do a Static Shock. <laughs> like, I've always wanted to do a Static Shock cosplay, but I'm just like, redesign is so freaking cool. Like, I want to do this like right now. <laughs> so, you know, to now you're getting like these other milestone characters coming out too. And it's just like, Psh, I'm going to fucking, oh, excuse me, I'm going to cosplay them as well. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to read all these milestone comics, uh, you know, support black artists and black comic makers and and things of that nature it's just like i am ready it's 2021 i am ready for this i've been waiting for this for god knows how long it's just like it's finally happening and it's just kind of like you know dc's doing it i'm like marvel has been doing it but i'm like all right marvel (laughs) now's your time to really really shine besides you know you know, the the main black characters that, you know, you got us. Like, hey, you gave us Miles, and now we got Riri, and, you know, I freaking love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and I'm ready for that show. So it's just kind of like a, a, a revolution just coming out. And, you know, not just with black characters, you know, other characters, you know, of other minorities as well. Definitely, we, we got to up that. Uh, you know, I think Marvel just doing a career as, as well right now. They're coming out with one who's supposed to be like the Korean version of Captain America. I forgot his name. But yeah, they're doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but um but yeah, it just you know, once again I'm black, so I'm just gonna stick with this in the Black History Month, but it just feels so good. It just the energy of just like, oh, we ready. And just even seeing when Black Lightning first came on TV on the CW, me and Alan was always talking about it. 
and it was just like, man, that you you definitely have to write watch it. I, I kind of feel like after a while it kind of got a little cheese, but it's still good. Still definitely a great show, but it it tackled a lot of issues that were times and what's going on. And you can feel it in the writing the characters and it hit hard. And there's episodes that I'm like that made me mad. I was ready to fight. <laughs> but also at the same, like really, <laughs> but there's episodes that made at the same time it made me feel, you know, like a camaraderie. It made me cry. It is like it broke me down to to my core. And just being black, and you know, you see these stories and you see these issues. I'm just like, I see this day. I live this, and it, it like I said, it it hit it hits home. So you can identify with that. And it's really good because, like I said, you don't so much. You know, you see a white character and you're like, all right, you know, I can understand that situation, but I can't see myself in that situation as a a black So it's just like, uh, yeah. Uh, So the Dry McDuffie Award for Diversity was. Um, it was it was announced a few hours ago. Oh, nice! And it was the winner was the creative team of they called this enemy. Okay, which is uh, George Takei, Justin Isinger, uh, Stephen Scott, and Harmony Becker. So, hmm. also nice. important to note that today. We're recording on the twentieth. Dwayne McDuffie would have been fifty nine today. Oh, oh, so the twentieth was his birthday. Oh man, yep. <laughs> and so he, weird. Go ahead, had sorry. he had he lived, apparently he would have been writing movies for, for Sam Jackson. Yep. What? Oh, see now, just kind of like a Dwayne McDuffie Sam Jackson <laughs> collab. Like what? How awesome! And I did. I feel bad because I did not know yesterday. Because since we're now the twenty first, I did not know that was his birthday. So now I, I'm so glad we didn't do the podcast last week, <laughs> and we're doing it. You know, sorry about that. You know, I had things to do, but it just it makes this so much more. I, I had the word it was on the tip of my tongue. It makes it more special and emotional because we're talking about. A man who, and I feel like I've just kind of taken over the podcast. I'm so sorry, guys. Don't apologize, please. They're going to be like, that guy talked the whole time. We didn't get him. So I apologize. But it just, to me, that just, it feels so special that I got, I get to talk about such a man uh, who has impacted my life so much as being a black person. And he saw himself and other people and to celebrate his life talk about all his achievements and you know even though I'm just I know you guys have talked way more about it you know throughout the whole month and stuff like that and I'm this is kind of surface level and it's more personalized and but it's just you know now knowing that it's just like whoa everything happens for a reason we were supposed to do the podcast last week that didn't happen we're doing it this week you know today 
It was on his birthday. And it's just like, okay. Okay, a little emotional right now. <laughs> just, it's just well, to so make matters to make matters worse, uh the twenty first is the day he died. Which is so, another Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot, but it's just like even that, you know, knowing that today, you know, is the anniversary of his death, you know, he died after his birthday. It's it's it doesn't hurt as uh, because once again it's just like you know doing this podcast and it feels like a celebration of his life even in death it's just like he is still being such a big influence on so many people that you know you don't really think about it. it's like oh it's sad but you're like man I, his legacy lives on mm-hmm you know, you got the Dwayne McDuffie Awards, you know, Static came on HBO Max last week out of nowhere to talk, you know. Now damage, we're getting to read. Damage Control know. was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, there it is. You know, there's, there's so much. So it's just like, man, this Dwayne McDuffie, I wish you were alive today because, God, ah, you just done. <laughs> thank you. Just really, really Thank you. And there's a lot of other people who have done a lot of things, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them another time. This is all in his accolades. But just thank you for letting me see myself and just giving stories. It's meant a lot in so many it's Just words cannot express the gratitude. Pretty much what I'm getting at without trying to trip over my own tongue. Just... A breathtaking a giant amongst men just definitely up there with Stanley to me. Yeah, yeah. Guy was masterful. <laughs> sorry to sorry to drone on. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> like, see, like, I mean, uh, you know, as you know, we may be fans, but the stuff that he's done hits us nowhere near on the same level as it would hit someone like you. Yeah, just because you know we don't have the same struggles, we don't have to worry about the same you know fears just in general in life. You know, if I get pulled over, I'm yeah. gonna worry about the same things you're gonna have to worry. Yeah, there's you know I want you on because you will be able to speak to all of this way better than Alan and I can, and I. I have zero problems with you hijacking this podcast to, yeah. <laughs> because it's why I wanted you on. I wanted you to be able to speak for all these things that he he represented for everything he yeah you know worked his ass off to try and get across the, through his entire career, and so to have you on here and just to let it out to you know be open about how much all of this is still a thing even with as much progress has happened, how much still yeah. needs to happen. You know, I, I'm glad to have yeah. you on and I'm glad you're able to just, you know, speak yeah, your mind I, about all this. I, I, I really do appreciate that, you know, for you guys having me on and let me talk about it and just you know, express it because he, he, he paved the way for so many. And like I said, I don't, the, the DC just animated era, just that is all Dwayne McDuffie. I mean, there's a lot of people that did it, but 
the first thing you you the name you say is Dwayne McDuffie. You say Justice mm-hmm. League. You say Dwayne McDuffie. You say pretty much uh, those DC animated movies. You say Dwayne McDuffie. You know, there's other people who did great ones. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Alan and 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 Josh, but and he did some stuff with Marvel too. Did he? Did he not? Or uh, no? Yeah, he. I mean, that's kind of where his comic career started, and then he yeah. dabbled in it a little bit later on. But yeah, for the most part, he was, you know, even with Milestone, it was still basically a DC thing, you know, in the yeah. background. So he was basically DC majority of his career. Yeah, and I, I, I and he, DC gave him control, and he. I honestly would, if he was still alive, you think they would have let him be the head of like the DC movie division? Oh, oh man. I don't know. You would like to think they would have. Yeah. But, you know, because he's being black, I doubt it. But still, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we laugh, but it's, you know, kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, think I don't even know if there's like def- anybody on the animation side who's taken charge of the live action stuff. I I I definitely think he would have had. He's writing Justice League Dark. Or just, I I definitely think he would have had a hand and in the movies, and I definitely think he would have uh done for Black Lightning the TV show, for sure. But I mean, in a perfect world where Dwayne was still alive, it would be great to see him do stuff for the DC universe and the live action. Just me. <laughs> Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he had a bigger hand in all that stuff, it definitely would have been, I think, turned out a lot better. Than what it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have did a better job than redacted on those, you know, cuts for uh, Justice League and stuff like that. Well, I think, God, how long have we been going now? A little over two hours? Yeah, I think I said we weren't going to go that long on this episode. I I think we <laughs> this is the longest episode we've done this month. You know what? That is my bad, and I feel like that is a common thing. Is just like anytime we do an episode, is like, oh, it's going to be an hour. It's like two hours. I'm like, oh crap, I talk freaking much. <laughs> it was worth it. I have no yeah. no no regrets having you on. I've loved this episode. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'm sorry, so, Alan, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's fine, dude. Uh, so before I cut everyone loose, is there anything else you want to bring up before we go? Or I know it's late on your guys' end, especially. So I, I I've, I've said enough, so I'm just gonna let you guys have your go. <laughs> Alan, so is there anything it. else you want to bring up before? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the only, you know, as I was reading through his stuff, the only thing I would have liked to have seen more from him is more characters that he could have used his, you know, physics knowledge in. You know, reading like Fantastic Four and his Firestorm run and all that, where I think I think using his background in physics would have been such a fantastic use in some of those characters with you know the more sciencey stuff but yeah you know it's it's a shame but yeah it is I, and definitely would have loved to see him do some more marvel stuff um as well 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's it. I will I will let everyone go. <laughs> go to bed and all that. Um the only really the only thing I want to mention is that you know the Dwayne McDuffie fund, if you can contribute to it, please go contribute to it. I will post a link in the show notes, just like I have the past couple weeks. Um, I guess they have like a tribute video at the end of the McDuffie Award for Diversity that they did today. Um, so mm-hmm. if I can find that video, I will post it on our Twitter. And if there's a direct link, I'll post that in the show notes as well. Um, it, it's yeah, on the, than- uh, the Dwayne McDuffie Award uh, Facebook page. Okay, I'll check that out. But other than that, just the normal stuff, you know, rate, review, share the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. I don't want to make this about us. This is about Dwayne. And don't let all the work he did in his career go to waste. Spread, you know, the love for the characters. Don't let diversity hit a brick wall. Just change the industry for the better. And it can get better. It can get much, much better. So, you know what? Just just keep doing it for his legacy, for everyone else who needs to see themselves reflected in a any medium that (laughs) (laughs) is clearly not there yet. Yeah. (laughs) And so, Alan, do you want to? You know, I'm not going to do my Twitter and all that. I, I don't care <laughs> at this at this <laughs> point. I'm I'm more concerned with Dwayne's thing, but Alan, do you want to share your Twitter and all that? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Alan Muir. <laughs> and do you have a tweet of the week? Yes, I do. It's from nine hours ago today when <laughs> uh, Emma and I were recording Players Club. It's just simply a quote that says, Alan Wake is Sam Lake. <laughs> because everyone was just talking about uh, Alan Wake. Like him being a him, his stuff with, with Control being an altered world event or him being a certain like a special type of person, like a like an anomaly type of person. And I said, oh, so Sam Lake then. (laughs) (laughs) I got that reference. And then, Javon, I will leave you to spread your your goodwill here. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Alan loves this. We used to do this on the other podcast where I used to call out my name. I do have a Twitter. If you guys want to hit me up and follow me, uh, I do get unapologetically. So just fair warning, but uh, you can find me on Twitter to the U to the Z to the M. I mean, U to the Z to the A to the M to the A to the K to the I to the J. Uzumaki J. Yes, that's Uzumaki J on Twitter. I, Damn, I love it when you fuck, do that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I always forget you do it. Every, every time I, I, I know on a podcast, I'm like, Alan doesn't even have to say a word. I already know it. I'm going to do it, and we're just going to rock it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> thanks once again thanks for having me on the podcast right. this is really fun yeah thank you for coming on seriously I, I really appreciate it thank you thank you 
And with that, we will bid you all adieu. See you further down the hyper time. And long live Dwayne McGuffin. Long live. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.